Uh, this morning, <laughs> uh, so let, let me tell you a little bit about, I, I'm not whining, I, I really am not, but uh, this last week, uh, last Sunday I got to preach, the three times that I get to preach on a Sunday morning, and I love that, and, and then on Monday I got to preach twice, and then on Tuesday I got to preach twice, and on Wednesday I got to preach twice, and then on Thursday I got to preach twice, and then on Friday I got to preach twice. Oh my goodness, I am tired. And uh, I, I got here today, and I just felt like I was running out of time. And, and I know that that's a common theme uh, in our day and age. We just, you know, we, are, we stay up so late now. We can be uh, up till after the sun is down and, and, uh, and all that kind of And yet we still seem to be running out uh, of time. Um, you know, you're in class, and the teacher has given you an assignment. You got to get that assignment done. And if you were like me, you waited till like the night before, and then you stayed up all night. Um, uh, you know, I look at these kids, and sometimes we ask them to do things, and they just we don't give them enough time to do it. I, next service, when we actually have the kids here, I'm going to have them uh, try to put the puzzle together within a time limit, and they're going to fail because I'm only going to give them like five seconds. Uh, which, which illustrates the frustration sometimes that we think, man, I've got all this stuff to do and not a lot of time to, to do it. Um, and the, we all have important things to do. But what if the thing that uh, doesn't get time is you? Okay? Especially when we're talking about little kids. How often do kids sometimes feel like man, they, they just, we don't have time for them? My uncle uh, had, back in the 70s, uh, put out an album uh, so, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of famous because I am related to a, a recording artist. Anyway, he, uh, one of his songs is, Have you seen the little children looked into their eyes when you tell them I don't have time, hear their silent cries? Um, or Harry Chapin had a song, The Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. It's about a, a father who was looking forward to having a kid, has a kid, and the kid wants to be like him, but dad never had time for the kid. Uh, so we, we don't mean it, but oftentimes when we don't have time and don't put in the effort and the time, we, we communicate that whoever that is with us, that they don't have an, as much value as the other things that do take up our time. And so uh, work becomes, uh, looks like it's more important, or, or our meetings look like they are more important. And, and children, especially, are, are people who, they sometimes end up on the wrong end of that time spent on scale. But let me read to you. We're, we're still in Luke, but I'm going to jump a few chapters ahead. We've been in Luke chapter 9. I want you to go to Luke chapter 18. Uh, and that's going to be on page uh, 1095 if you've got one of the Bibles around the room here. Just three verses. You've heard these verses before. But uh, ever since we knew that this week was going to be VBS week, I knew what I needed to preach on the day after VBS. Starting in verse 15 of, of Luke 18, it says this, Now they were bringing even infants to Jesus, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked the parents. But Jesus called the children to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for, such, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Now, do you see something special about Jesus in this passage? 
Do, do you see? Can you see how he actually made time for children? And that's pretty amazing when you know that he had a very short time to do all the things that he was supposed to do. And, and he had so many people to talk to, so many people to heal, so many lessons to teach, so many parables to tell. And yet he said, I have time for children. The Lord of the universe spending some time, taking time for children. Now, I don't know if you have noticed this or not. You probably have, actually. But children are important here at Powell Butte Christian Church. We, we've had a, an amazing VBS where, again, and, and I'm glad, uh, at first when Jenny was giving you the numbers, I'm going, well, she just stole my thunder. No, that's, that's, it's your thunder to be able to give. That, that's great. Uh, 60 adults, over 60 adults here, well, young people and adults, helping out with the children, and about 130 children teaching them about God's monumental love for them. And though it was a long week and it was a tiring week, as you watched the, 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 uh, the young people and the adults that were working with the children, not once did you ever see any regret. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I getting up so early and coming in and dealing with first and second graders? We had at, at one point like 40 five first and second graders. Have you ever tried to preach to 45 first and second graders? It, it's pretty, pretty crazy, actually. But, but what I love is that when I got here 10 years ago, I, I've noticed that we have always been a church that loves children. A few years ago, I, I was over in the resource room in the uh, historic chapel area, and I, I was helping clean that out, and I was going through the desk in there, which we, we, I'm going to donate to the to the crafters here pretty soon um, because we don't need it in there anymore because it's not a usable desk anymore. But inside of that desk were records from at least 20 or 25 years ago. And, and what I was am- amazed at, are there were names in that registry, that those records, those people, some of those people are still working with our kids today, 25 years later. It's pretty amazing. But it, it was also, though, about that time, three or four years ago, that we discovered that our church, um, a lot of young families were coming to visit us, but not a lot of them would be sticking around. And, and we began to wonder why. Uh, we had done a totally unrelated church survey but it turned out to be a very related church survey once we saw the, the uh, results. Because in that survey, we found that Palview Christian Church at that time, about three or four years ago, uh, over 60% of the folks that came here were 60 years old or older. 60% were over 60 years old. And it was clear to me that if we did not spend some time uh, kind of strengthening our children's program at that point, like we have in the past, by the way, then our church quite possibly could be dead in about 15 years. And when I talked to the elders about that, I said, and that would, folks, that would be on our watch. Wouldn't that be a, a, a tragedy? Wouldn't that be a, a bad stewardship of what God has asked us to do? Now, and then I commend our leadership, by the way, because they listened to me, and they stepped up their game, and they began to, to, to really put more resources into that area, and uh, I'm so grateful for the faithful volunteers who stuck with it, and I was grateful for new blood then, that stepped up, and today we are celebrating what God has done in the ministry to our children this last week with 10 baptisms and at least 15 kids that gave their hearts to the Lord. Uh, that we know of. Who, who knows what's going on in their hearts if they didn't tell us what was going on? So today, 
it's a little bit shorter message, but that's okay. Um, Today, I want to just share with you from this passage that I read from Luke chapter 18, three reasons why children uh, deserve our time, okay, so that we would give this time to them, Uh, why they should be important to us, not just in our families, but in the life of our congregation from here on going out. First of all, as you see, it's very, very clear, children are at the heart of God. They are at the heart of God. God loves kids. Um, In fact, uh, they are the keys to the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. Unless you actually uh, come in like a child, you cannot come in. Um, If you looked at the response that Jesus had to the disciples when they were being big poopy heads, and, and I was looking forward to that, being able to say that word here today in a sermon. Jesus' followers thought that he had more important things to worry about than to take time to bless children. I mean, it was just putting his hands on them. That's not very significant in their mind. And they said, you have, Jesus has way better uh, ways to spend his time, way more important people to, to spend his time on than these children. And so the disciples, they actually scolded, they rebuked the parents for having the audacity to bring their children to Jesus so that Jesus could bless them. Their perception of Jesus was 180 degrees off. It was exactly the opposite of Jesus' attitude. Their perception was that Jesus would not want to take time to do this because he had better things, more important things to do. But Jesus is showing the kids are amazing. They, they are awesome. We can learn so much from uh, watching kids and, and, and uh, learning about what, how they learn and things like that. Uh, kids have spontaneity, right? There's a whole show on kids say the darndest things, and they do. This last week, uh, I was uh, talking about families because we were talking about Joseph. Uh, the Old Testament Joseph with his coat of many colors and how his family was, had some problems. It was kind of a messy family. And so I was asking the, uh, at that point I had the kindergartners and, and thank God for Marilyn Lindscheid. She was teaching the preschoolers and I said, Marilyn, tomorrow could you take the kindergartners too? Because these are kids are, aren't even in kindergarten. They're going into kindergarten. And uh, my lessons were just kind of sailing over their heads. So bless Marilyn because she said absolutely. And so she took that extra responsibility on and began to teach the kindergartners. But that first day, the kindergartners were there before the first and second graders. So I was just asking them, do you guys have uh, brothers and sisters? Yeah, the kids would raise their hand. I got a, I got a sister. This one kid, uh, little girl, she raised her hand. I got an older sister. I said, oh, well, what's her name? She said, Chloe. I go, oh, well, that's, that's a nice name. Little boy right next to her, you could just tell that he was not going to be one-upped by her. He raised his hand and goes, I got a sister too. Now, here, here's the deal. I know the family. I know this little boy. I know that he doesn't have a sister. And I said, oh, well, what's her name? And this is what he did. He went, uh, Oe. Because, you know, if she had a Chloe, well, then I've got an Oe. I love how kids, they, they just, they're spontaneous, right? Uh, I was reading about how uh, this one little boy said, I don't like my stuffed animal anymore. Well, why not? Because he doesn't have a brain. Oh, okay, so you don't like him anymore. Or, or uh, when, when you show kids something like a, a, a dad was, or a grandpa was taking his uh, grandkids out and looking at a carousel, and he said, look at this beautiful carousel. Look at these beautiful horses. And the little girl was unimpressed. She said, I'd rather have a real one. 
I'd rather have a real one. Uh, my, my nephew, um, when, he, when he was growing up and he was uh, maybe two or three years old, maybe three years old, and he was differentiating between the fact that he had grandparents on mommy's side and grandparents on daddy's side, and, he's, and they're both named grandma or grandmommy, so how do I differentiate? This is how spontaneous and honest kids are. Uh, he, he called my, my mother grandmommy big. <laughs> it's like, ha. Yeah, Grandmommy Big. So, and that's how she was then known. So they, I, I love the fact that kids don't try to hide anything at all. They're, they're honest. They have spontaneity. They have joy. They have joy. I read recently that the average child laughs 400 times a day. Isn't that amazing? 400 times a day. Do you know how, uh, can, can anybody guess how many times the average adult uh, laughs uh, in a day? 15. From 400 to 15. And, and for some people, that's actually a stretch as well, because uh, if, if we can get uh, five out of them, that would be good. The best sound that I, I think that God could hear, I bet, is, a, is the laughter of, of little children, uh, the giggles, the innocent little giggles who, who are uh, of kids that are just enjoying the heck out of life. Why do we sometimes miss that? Why do we just pass over? Because kids take time. They take time to uh, understand. They take time to actually listen to what they have to say, right? Uh, that's why we came up with the saying, well, children should be seen and, and not heard because it takes time to actually hear a child. Um, and it's more of a, <laughs> that should actually be more of an indictment on us when we say, well, children should be seen and not heard than it is on children and, and what they can bring to our culture and our lives. Jesus took time from his ministry. And believe me, it took time. Believe me, it takes time. That's why we did what we did yesterday, last week. Um, he took time to stop and value children. So, folks, as his followers... Why should, we, why should we ever treat children any less than that and see them as something that, well, you know, later, later, later. But it wasn't that just Jesus loved kids because Jesus did love kids, but he also saw some lessons in kids that we can learn from. You see, kids have this natural wonder about things. As I've worked with young people over the years... Uh, almost 40 years now as I look back, I, I see that children are naturally drawn to the concept of what God is or who God is. Back in the 70s and the early 80s, there had been a, a wonderful documentary that had come out. It, it was a Christian documentary, and, and it was interviewing the kids, kind of like the kids say the darndest things type of thing, but with a Christian perspective. And the interviewer was talking to all these different kids. They were probably second, maybe third grade. I don't know. But uh, this one little boy, I, I will always remember, I saw this for the first time when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and I thought, that's pretty awesome, and I have always remembered it. So he's, the interviewer is asking this little boy, have you ever seen God? And the little boy goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, well, what does God look like? He goes, looks like my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this awe from everybody that was watching. Then, well, have you seen the devil? Yeah. Oh, well, what does he look like? My dad. Isn't that great? Same kid, by the way. The same kid later on, because they would use the same kids over and over in the whole thing. Later on, they said, well, uh, do, do you know about Abraham? No. Well, well, do you know about Adam and Eve? No. 
Do you know about Noah and the ark? No. Do you know about Jesus? No. Well, who taught you all of this? My dad. Same kid who said that his dad looked like, yeah, okay. What's amazing about these children is you don't have to argue with them about the concept of God. Now, they may have tons of questions about God, but you don't have to convince them that there's a God. Oh, when I made a decision when I was six years old that I wanted to be baptized, my father was shocked because uh, I hadn't talked to anybody about it. And I came forward one Sunday evening, and Dad had just been preaching, and I uh, gave, gave the hymnal to my mom, said, Mom, you hold this. And I went down, and she's shocked. Dad's shocked. And Dad says, well, why, in front of the congregation, why do you want to be baptized? And this was my pure, my pure answer was, listen, because Jesus wants me to. I, I didn't have to go in through the fact that I'm a sinner and, and that uh, that sin separated me from God and then God showed his love by sending his... No, for, for me, it's my relationship with God and with Jesus is that I, I didn't have to be convinced that Jesus was real. I, I knew Jesus was real. Um, I just, I, and I knew that he loved me and I knew that he wanted me to do what he wanted me to do. Um, Jesus is real to kids. It's like the little girl that went into the... Uh, to the uh, doctor's office, and the doctor said, uh, he's trying to uh, look into her ears and says, oh, look, is, is, is uh, let's see, is Santa Claus in there? She goes, no. Try, you know, try to elicit some, some uh, cute responses from the little girl. And, and then uh, he, he uh, looked inside of her mouth and goes, oh, is, is the Easter bunny in there? She goes, no, and kind of laughed. And, and then he listened to her heart, and he said, uh, uh, oh, is Barney the dinosaur in there? She goes, no. Jesus is in my heart. Barney's on my underwear. (laughs) Who's in her heart? She knew. You didn't have to convince her. She just wanted to do what God wanted her to do. as As a child, I accepted the place of his lordship because I understood the idea of his love. So children are at the heart of God. That, that's very, very clear in those three verses in Luke chapter 18. But I also want you to see this, because we are in the people business. We actually go, and, and what matters to people should matter to us as well. We should be meeting people where their, their point of need is and where their minds are at, where their heart's at. We are also seeing in, this, in these three verses of Luke chapter 18 is that children are actually at the heart of their parents as well, because it was the parents that were bringing the children to see Jesus now, God designed parents in a, in a godly uh, model. Parents are designed to love their kids. These, these parents back here in Luke chapter 18 were coming to Jesus, wanting Jesus to bless their children, just like the sons and the daughters in the Old Testament had been, had been um, uh, blessed by the patriarchs. Before Jacob died, he, he brought his 12 sons and his two grandsons, and he blessed them, each one. And so the, the parents were just saying, just like that, we would like for Jesus to, to come and bless our children, to touch them. Touch is a very powerful thing, folks. Unfortunately, in our culture, we don't allow touch to happen as often because of some evil people who have perverted the, uh, the importance of what touch is all about. They've made it a, a dangerous and dirty thing, and that's, that is horrible. That, there's nothing could be further from what God's design was. Touch brings so much blessing in and of itself. I, I used to hate hugs, but I love the fact that we are a huggy church now. 
Um, I, I now see the importance of it. And you know how many hugs I received this last week? It was pretty amazing. Uh, there's this little girl that I, I don't even know her name, but she just wants to run up and give me a hug every time. Now, obviously, we have to be careful nowadays when we hug, but we need to know that our kids need to know the blessing of touch. So these parents were saying, Jesus, we don't want you just to proclaim a blessing over our kids. We want you to touch them as well, because that is what would be the best for our children. But notice what the best was and where it came from. Today, parents will do so much. They will pay so much money to make sure their kids have the best, right? That They'll throw lavish birthday parties, uh, complete with uh, bounce houses and, and piles of presents. They'll spend hundreds of dollars on the latest fashions or the, the newest phone upgrades or, 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 or a car or, uh, you, you know, you're getting ready for prom night and you've got to spend all of this money. Not only will you spend hundreds of dollars of money, but you'll spend months and months and months and not years and years and years on their sports they are involved in. Why? Because you want to give them the best, right? Well, parents uh, here today, grandparents that are here today, check this out. Bringing up kids the way that God uh, wants us to because he's entrusted these kids to us. Jesus should be at the heart of, of every one of us as we bring up our kids. The blessing from Jesus has to be more important than learning the position of shortstop. To know the love of Jesus needs to be more important than being able to uh, shoot a basketball or to stop a soccer ball from getting into a net. There's nothing wrong, by the way, with your kids being involved in sports at all. I'm not trying to shame anybody for doing that. But when that becomes more important than bringing them to church and letting them hear about the love of Jesus and growing in their spirit, then you are asking for trouble later on. In my church in Napa, we, our, our senior pastor actually shocked us one day when he said, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of people coming uh, to me with problems with their 16 and 17-year-old kids that don't want to be at church. And he said, don't expect them to want to come to church when you, at 16, 17, when you, when they were 6 and 7, told them that soccer was more important than church. See, as parents, we need to say, bringing our kids to Jesus should be at our heart as well. Uh, as a church, we must do what we can to help parents in their efforts to nurture their kids in the faith. And that's why we have an Awana program on, Wednesday, on Tuesday nights uh, during the, the school year. That's why we have Kingdom Kids every week here uh, at, at church on Sunday mornings. That's why we have a VBS program. Not, not just to say, oh, look how many kids we got here, but literally saying, parents, we want to help you out. Grandparents, we want to help you out in raising your children to know what the most important things are. Um, now, that brings me to my last point, and all God's people said, amen. Children need to be at the heart of evangelism. George Barna is a Christian um, researcher. Uh, throughout his career, he has studied trends. He's tried to help people understand the applications of what he finds in his polling uh, that he uh, makes uh, throughout the, the world. Um, and and he, uh, he researches this data that he has gotten from the Christian community and from the world at large. And he's studied and he's written extensively on the relationship of children and the gospel. And he's discovered some very sobering facts. Up until the age 14 there is a 32% chance a child will accept Jesus up to the age 14. But after that point, 
the number drops quickly to about 6% of people for the rest of their life. 32% before they're 14. After that, just about a 6% chance that they're going to come to, to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, the religious beliefs, he found out that the religious beliefs that a person develops by age 13 are pretty much the set of beliefs that they will keep until they die, 13 years old. He also found out that one out of every 100 Americans, out of every 100, I'm sorry, out of every 100 Americans, only 42 will make any kind of commitment to Jesus in their lifetime. 42%. 32 of that 42 will make that decision before age 12. See, Jesus knew that a childlike heart is necessary in order for somebody to receive a message of pure love and grace. As we grow older, we become more cynical. We get hurt by people, and so we kind of project that cynicism onto our relationship with God, and we are resistant to the gospel. Uh, there, there's too many other things coming at us to, to say this is, philosophy is better than Christianity, or, or, or this way of living is better than surrendering to God. We uh, have, as a church, an incredible opportunity uh, every week in Kingdom Kids, every school year during Awana, every summer in, in, in VBS, um, to reap a harvest for God in incredible ways. But it depends on asking God to send out workers into that harvest. So I've told you how blessed we are to have so many people who have given years, years of their life in ministry to kids. Uh, and, and I want to celebrate those people and, and thank them for their years and years of, uh, of, of investment in children's lives. I'm grateful to those longtime workers who selflessly give year after year. But I'm also grateful for the newbies. I love the fact that somebody says, you know, I've never really worked with uh, kids before, but I, I think that this is important. Is there a way that you can use me? And some of you say, I want to be used by God for in the life of the kids. I just can't stand kids. Is there something that I can do? And, and Jenny goes, yeah, I'll, I'll have you uh, working during the week, and you don't even have to see the kids. But, but so cool to watch people step up and, and, and to see even the, the, the young people who are now in 7th or 8th or ninth grade turn right around and say, I want to do this as well because they've caught the vision of, uh, of working with the kids. These people do it because they understand that children are at the heart of God and that children are at the heart of the parents. But they also need to understand this, that the hearts of of the children and, and are still soft and they are still open to the understanding of the gospel. And so they are at the heart of evangelism. And that's why it's so important for our children's ministry to have people step up and partner with us. That's why, by the way, that's why communist countries, that's why secular educators, and that's why the entertainment industry people are so geared to reach young people. Folks, there's a competition going on for our young people. The, you know, political parties want the young people. The, the entertainment industry wants the young people because they understand that if they can get them young, they're going to have them for the rest of their life. It's time that we say we will fight for our kids and not let the world take them. So that means, and we're getting ready to end here, our children cannot be the church of tomorrow. They have to be the church of today. Because if we're just saying they'll be the church of tomorrow, that will be too late. That, 
Now, that will mean that more of us will have to step up and give part of our time and talent to uh, reaching kiddos. It'll mean more resources must be allotted to allow for the facilitation of the, the gospel to be presented to these children. It will mean that people will be praying more, committed to praying more, to lift up the young people that God has given to us uh, to be stewards of their lives. And so that's kind of my appeal to you today. How can you be instrumental in reaching our young people, our children's ministry, our youth ministry? Whether it is to give or to pray or to serve, God calls all of us to be a part of this because they are part of our church. I love the fact that we're a multi-generational church. I love the fact that I can look out here and see some people who uh, have, uh, were born at a more comfortable uh, distance from the apocalypse, I guess you could say, people with white hair and things like that, and people who are older. And then I look here and I, I see this precious little baby here who's going to be raised to know who Jesus is. All in one, in one service. Isn't that amazing? I love that. And so, folks, we can't wait for the church of tomorrow to happen. We must bring those kiddos in and let them be the church of today. Uh, DC, why don't you bring your worship team on up? You know, Satan will always try to crush things before they grow. He'll try to get them in the infancy. Um, he tried to kill Moses when Moses was a baby. He tried to kill Jesus when Jesus was a baby. Church plants are huge targets for Satan. People who just have become born again who have said yes to Jesus, all of a sudden they are engaged in this spiritual fight. Why does Satan do that? Because he knows that the future potential will destroy him. If he can destroy a child's faith while they're still young and impressionable, then he's got them for life, and he knows that. Um, we can't wait till kids grow up to be teens or adults because that's sometimes just too late. They've already experienced enough pain and hurt in this world uh, that they, they, they've given up. They've given up on God. They've given up on faith, uh, 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 any kind of hope. So we now have a, an opportunity and a privilege to stop that trend. And over time, this is how God works with his kingdom. His kingdom begins to grow when we invest in his kingdom. And if you think that our country is messed up, then let's have more of God's kingdom invade our country. Amen? And by doing so, we have to invest in what we need to invest in. So I, I just would encourage you, be a part of what we're doing. Even if you can't do it physically, be a part of it in prayer. Be a part of it in, in resources. Be a part of it. What an exciting thing. Let us not be like those disciples that say, well, Jesus, he's, he doesn't have time for kids. Jesus said, you bet I have time for kids, and my, my people better have time for kids as well. So let, let me pray, and then we will be done today. Father God, thank you so much for um, uh, what, what an encouraging uh, event in the life and ministry of Jesus, where we actually saw that people misunderstood him, that they thought that he was too busy, and God, sometimes we get too busy. Forgive us for that, God. Thank you so much for the, the fruit of the, the labor of so many people last week as we saw uh, over 15 children give their lives to you and 10 step forward in obedience and baptism. And a few more want to be baptized, and they will be in the next several weeks. But God, the, the gospel got out. And not just in our church, God, but there was other churches in the area that were having VBS at the same week. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for that because there are so many children in our community that were impacted with the gospel. Take those seeds, God. Let them grow.
But God, I would pray for the congregations that offered VBS to their kids, that they would be committed to these same principles of spending time, seeing that they're at your heart, seeing they are at the heart of parents, and that they are at the heart of evangelism. And God, raise up this next generation to be a strong generation for your kingdom. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 